0: So, we finally learned a very important question that I have had about the Star Trek universe since the beginning. What are the uniforms made out of?
1: That is very true.
0: We learned that they are algae-based xenolon. And I have to say, this episode does a very good job of half Half-assing an explanation for why the clothes don't shrink.
1: I actually thought that was done very well. Yeah, and that was the one part of the episode that I enjoyed more than any else. I think
0: I enjoyed this episode. I also
1: would have liked to eat those. I also would have liked to have eaten those uniforms on rice crackers. Can
0: you eat those uniforms?
1: Well, they're algae. I mean, seaweed is a type of algae, isn't it?
0: Yeah, but this is a my shirt is made of plants too. But you know, it's not very edible.
1: Cotton isn't edible.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it could be inedible. It could be algae fibers.
1: Look, my point is I'm hungry and I want Japanese food.
0: I understand that.
1: I liked this one. It this was good. good one.
0: This does the... It, it, it was a typical... You know, the Star Trek crew gets attacked by a wacky ray and how are they going to figure it out? But, you know, they did some, the, the The shrinking... Again, would be prohibitive to do on a live action budget, and they do a lot of really cool, clever things with
1: it. You know, and it's funny because I think um, after last week, when we had two less successful episodes, "Once Upon a Planet" and "Mud's Passion," both of which, you know, could have been live action episodes, were kind of live action episodes in a lot of respects, and you know, it didn't really take advantage of a lot of the um, a lot of the good things about an animation. Star Trek that, you know, this episode obviously does. Um, And I think the, the thing I like most about the Territon incident is, you know, while, and I think what I'm finding about the show in general is that, you know, a lot of the scripts are good. I don't think any of them have been as good as yesteryear, Mm, but I think that in, in, in general, the show knows what strengths it has and is working towards those because I feel like a lot of this is just, people who wrote for the show that were constrained by budget and now they're freed from it and they can just make an episode where the crew of the enterprise shrinks
0: yeah you have people their you know jewelry starts slipping off you have nurse chapel gets trapped in a water tank you have these they invent these little pulley (laughs) systems in order to run the and that's what i loved like they're just basically you know they they the entire time they're just trying to you know, slap together any tools they can have to still run the ship because they're too small to run it at this point. Like, I loved that. That that in itself is a time incident, you know?
1: They even build, like, these ladders, and I wonder where they get the wood from. I was about
0: to say, which, by the way, why isn't the wood shrinking?
1: That's a good point. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't actually wood. Maybe it just looked like wood. Mm. You know, and it's weird, though, because for as much as I liked this episode, I think I liked it kind of in spite of itself because it was just fun to see them shrink. It was fun to deal with this, see them deal with this problem and figure it out. But Um, the
0: reason for the shrinking wasn't interesting. The
1: reason for the shrinking didn't really make any sense. It wasn't interesting. And the The reveal that there were living beings on this planet that were one sixteenth of an inch tall because the planet had some sort of natural effect that was making them shrink, uh, where it, to the point where they could beam up their entire city and it, you know, didn't even fill the entire transporter path. Yeah. You know, it, 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 I, I would have liked to, I think a problem with this episode is that I would have liked to have known about the Territons earlier, so that we could have gotten a sense of who they were, why they were doing this, but, and it, it, it was a mystery episode, and I didn't really care about the mystery. Like I didn't, I, it wasn't, it wasn't intriguing to me.
0: Put it this way: if they were going to find a lost Earth colony, and it was on this, you know, this planet, and they couldn't find any, uh, any cities or signs of life, and they were dealing with this. Like, they, they're they just – in this episode, they're just wandering by a planet and it happens. Like, if they had been gone yeah. searching for these people, where are they? And then the reveal was, well, they're one-sixteenth their size. Like, we didn't see it because we were looking for a city. That would have – and that could have been done with one line at the very beginning of the episode. It would have made it a bit more – it would have earned the reveal in a way that this episode doesn't quite.
1: No, I agree with that. And, you know – The thing, And and that's kind of troublesome to me because the episode does have a lot of really smart elements. I mean, you know, the explanation for why they're shrinking, it's not really that they're getting smaller. Well, they are getting smaller, but, uh, you know, Dr. McCoy finds out that their mass is staying the same. And, you know, the reason why is because not not really that their molecules are shrinking, but that the space between the molecules is getting smaller. And, you know, as Spock says in the episode, uh, you know, comparatively speaking— the space between atoms is as great yeah. as the space between solar systems, and so this makes sense. There's a lot of empty space yeah. in, in in solid matter, and you could do this.
0: And part of, and one of the things that they do discuss is they basically said, "Well, this can go ad infinitum," but they also do have to figure out the amount that they can shrink before. Well, molecularly, it can keep going, like, biologically after a certain point, it will be too small to function. Right. You know? And I thought that was interesting because they can't. you know, they, they, it does give a time element even though, you know, beyond the – they're too small to touch anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, the episode definitely, um, you know, has some stakes. They have, they have a strict time limit and the time limit is, okay, we have this much amount of time before we can no longer operate the ship. And I like that because it really did make them, uh, uh, it made the episode feel, I think a bit more intense than the animated series tends to. I think it was much more tense than any other episode that we've seen. Um, and also I think, in some respects it was a funny episode because there are a little bit of moments of humor in it. Um, just seeing them shrink while it's, it's creepy and sort of alarming. Um, it is just kind of comical to, to see Kirk sit in his captain's chair, like a little kid. Yeah.
0: Everyone climbing all over the consoles and everything like that. I liked it.
1: What did you make of the reveal that the transporter, put Kirk back to his normal size. Number
0: one, I'm surprised that they didn't think of that earlier because I seem to remember that number one, haven't they, haven't they done that to solve a problem earlier or yes, I know they've tried it once or twice. I'm just surprised that they didn't
1: in the Lorelai signal. They, did some hand-wavy thing at the end of the episode where uh and the Lorelei signal was the episode where the sort of amazonian women were yeah. luring men to their to their doom by sucking out their life force and making them old uh, at the you very know, when you
0: say it out like that it doesn't sound really classy at all
1: no uh but the, the you know the sort of the way that they got them back to their their normal age in that episode was some sort of hand-wavy techno babble where they said that their patterns were stored in the transporter and they transported them back and then they were suddenly young again um, so they have done certain things yeah. like that before
0: i would think that you know the second that you know kirk turns to spock and says any ideas you know perhaps captain you know the transporter I mean, you would think that that would be the first thing he would do again just to say well it'll take us 10 minutes to do that if that doesn't work we've lost all of 10 minutes but you know if it does work we've saved the day you know
1: and, and my my problem with that as as a solution is kind of you know, it's kind of pedantic trekking nonsense but you know the way that the transporter works is it's designed to transport matter you know convert it to energy and then you know rematerialize that energy into a specific pattern of matter that it was just transporting Mm -hmm. and so while the computer and the transporter buffer does keep uh your pattern it's not supposed to use it you have to tell the transporter to do that and so to me uh, i think the episode was shortcutting that a little bit i think that yeah. So it, in other
0: words, it doesn't take the Kirk signature. It takes the signature of this guy that just stepped stepped into this. Like it's not right. It's, so in other words, Kirk has a cut on his. Kirk has a cut on his face today. He'll rematerialize with that same cut. You
1: Correct. Know? And so to me, it was like I think that the episode was shortcutting its explanation a little bit. I think it would have been. I think it even more, even even narratively speaking would have been more desirous of the episode to have Spock or Scotty or someone else say, "Hey, why don't we." Try this and have them, you know, beam down somewhere and use the stored pattern from last week just to see if that would work. Yeah. Again, Um, you would
0: think that that would be an obvious answer, especially if they have if they store patterns, you know, if they they one can assume that now now let me ask you this. Would that. Bring people back to life because let's say Kirk dies. Well, and they you re- use restore from a backup from last week. They put his body in the teleporter.
1: That's an interesting question, and I do not want to answer it.
0: Uh, is that because uh, they've done that?
1: Um, I don't want to answer it. No, I, I don't want to say either way. Okay, uh, certainly, certainly. Uh, later, uh, later series of, of of the franchise do go in a lot more. Um, two transporters, sort of. Yeah. Minutia, there are episodes about the transporters. So. And for
0: obvious reasons, they are one of the most interesting technologies that the series has, you know, come up with. Yeah, and no, absolutely. The way that they're used and the way that the, you know, the sound is iconic. So, yeah, I get that. Is it as simple as by this point in the series, they hadn't really thought teleport transporters out beyond, well, it beams you from one place to another? Like, I assume that that was...
1: I mean, I think that's a lot of it. And- yeah. You know, know,
0: when we're at next gen, we're at Deep Space Nine. They've the guys written the book with the physics, you know, explanations of that. But
1: and I think the other thing too about it, of course, is that you know we are working with twenty three minutes here. And uh, do you want to have Spock take a minute to explain that, or do you want to show an extra minute of small people running around? Yeah. And I think they chose an extra minute of small people running around, which is fine.
0: There's enough reasons for why they wouldn't have explained that. Yeah.
1: The other thing that I I sort of felt a little ambivalent about with this episode is the very end of it where uh, Kirk is demanding of the Territon village to return his crew because they took the crew for some reason. I mean, the episode is not really well plotted and and sort of falls apart at the end. Um, I'm still fond of it because I think it does have a lot of strong visuals and it's kind of fun. But Again,
0: the, the plot, the premise... the the Enterprise crew gets shrunk by a ray and has to figure it out, is great. The 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 answer for what the mystery is, is not.
1: Right. And yeah. I think a lot of the, re, you know, this goes along with that where at the end of the episode, you know, Kirk basically says, hey, my phasers are trained on your city and if yeah. you don't return my crew, I'm going to just annihilate you. That's... That was weird. Even though he, I mean... That was that was more like mirror universe Kirk shit.
0: Yeah, you understand. I, I get that Kirk doesn't 100% know if he's being tricked or not. That's fine. I get that... But Kirk is not the kind of person who, while he will show force, is not – I mean, Kirk does bluff. Maybe, I guess he – the motivation that I could assume that he was was going from was that if I have a gun pointed at your head, I'm going to figure out your true intentions really quickly. So uh, – Yeah, I suppose I, I don't so. know if it's as simple as like, look, no bullshit. I'm going to shoot you. Give me my crew. We'll save you. But, you know, give me my crew, you know – we're done. You know, that may have been, it may have just been as simple as that. But the, 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 and, I mean, I suppose so. But even and the ver- writing and execution were not there.
1: But even the very end of the episode, where I think someone asks Kirk, hey, aren't you going to save the, 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 the uh, Lilliputians? Yeah, I'm calling them the push-ins. Uh, uh The Territons. Uh, and he says, train phasers on it. And you're like, wait, what? And then they beam up and I'm like, was that a mistake? Like, what?" yeah. <laughs> like,
0: oh, okay. I, I didn't know if that was just something I missed. So
1: yeah, or... I think that that was a mistake. Like, I think they reused the line that they weren't supposed to use there. Or, or were they using because... the
0: phasers to like, I thought uh, for a second, I thought they were okay. Use the phasers and cut the city out. Like, so you can teleport it, but
1: they wouldn't need to do that. I mean that's not really how transporters work. So I didn't really understand that. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me and I think it may have just been an error. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean that's pretty much all you can say about it. I, I don't think that there's any real like, you know, it's meat not a here.
0: classic episode of the world, but
1: No, I don't think so. But it's 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 entertaining enough. It's decent. I think there's some There's some nice character work in it. I think how they all work together to figure out what's going on. Um, And also, you apparently have the first appearance of someone in Star Trek uh, in Starfleet wearing glasses. Because I think I saw like a random yellow shirt guy on the planet wearing glasses. I was like, that's weird. Yeah. Huh. So
0: I give this episode six Looped Cries for Help from Nurse Chapel. Really? Yeah.
1: Where did you have that?
0: The Looped Cries for Help? Yeah. When she was in the. Fish tank, help, help, help. You're, you're, oh, we
1: didn't even talk about that. Oh, The lab animals, I forgot about those.
0: I didn't really, they didn't really do that much with them. Yet. Well,
1: I thought it was, I actually thought that was one of the smartest things that the script did. Um, They wanted to verify that what just happened wasn't affecting them. And so the way that they did that was to invent lab animals that the sick bay had. Okay, why not? And I think that's one of those things where totally could not have worked on... Hmm. The live action show, but on the car- on the cartoon, you just draw them. Draw a fish. Sure. You draw you draw gossamer mice and a fish, and you suddenly have lab animals. Yeah. All right.
0: Uh, yeah, and I did like that. They noticed that like the rocks stay the same shape, but the coral shrinks, and that's kind of what clinches the you know that's their control and you know.
1: Also, the good thing is they still could have eaten because the food would have shrunk. Yeah. Otherwise, how would you eat an apple? You couldn't do it.
0: Uh, you wouldn't need to eat a full apple. You just kind of like grab out like a handful of apple. Like I don't
1: think you could do it, though. I think if you were that small, you wouldn't have enough strength.
0: Well, you get like a knitting needle in your car. Uh, look, I would be able to figure out how to get an apple if I was desperate enough. All right. I mean, ants can eat apples.
1: Uh, I will give this one five. It's an average episode for me. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to our second episode for this week, the Ambergris Element.
0: You know, this is another episode that I think would be better if it were longer because it's a very—a lot happens in this episode. This is a very big episode, and I don't feel that any of the particular notes that it hits, it sustains long enough. For example, when they—so, you know, Kirk and Spock at this—something happens. They're unconscious on a planet, and they found that they've been, you know— they're part fish they have gills they have the second eyelid they have webbed feet and hands like that part is creepy as hell like when they're talking about you know the changes the mutations like it becomes a body horror episode and that was good i love body horror but after a few minutes they realize okay well it's these fish people made us this and they did a technology okay and so they you know so they're at this fish people and they're just like oh well they're hostile to us you know, it's the youth and the elders. You know, but that's not as explored as it could be. Like it's, that would have been an interesting conflict if it could have been fleshed out.
1: I totally agree with you. I I I, I tend to have a problem with with that interpretation of it for for two reasons. Number one, because while I do think that the episode would have been stronger if it had been a, a an hour long, I don't want to see an hour long version of this that's animated. I can agree. Like with you. I, on lo- the other hand i'm um, I'm finding that i enjoy the animated series well enough but it's just long enough for me i i don't i don't I, really want to watch a 45 or 50 minute long cartoon of this
0: if there were but what i in other words if you could get a live action hour long of this with a proper budget that could do the costuming right and the and the sets and stuff right because there are a lot of Budget prohibitive things on this episode certainly. I mean, oh yeah, this, they're, this, they're all obvious. They, 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 they. they the, the, every, there's an entire city of ex- essentially mermen. So this you know. would
1: have been impossible to do yeah. as, as an episode of the original series. There would just there would have been no way to do it appropriately. I yeah. mean, it would have been impossible. You would have had to have abandoned all of the underwater stuff. Yeah, the the makeup of the webbed hands and things that wouldn't have been prohibitive exactly. at all. But there's there's large portions of this episode that would have been impossible to do on a yeah. live action budget.
0: The create this with you know the, there was a monster in this episode that they are fighting. That's a thing too. Um, so yeah. Uh, and
1: uh, the, that's the funny thing though, right? Is like I feel like pretty much every episode of the show we've seen has had them fighting some sort of monster, and that's true. I can sort of understand why because justify. it is a Saturday morning children's cartoon, but at the same time. Cut that out! We don't need that. I mean, you have a really interesting—you um, have a really interesting internal conflict between the young and the old, uh, uh, mermen and, and merladies. Um, if I can be politically correct for a moment, uh, you have—you uh, know—this this really interesting thing going on with Kirk and Spock, where they're now basically mer people and they can't breathe on, on, on land. And they're trying to figure out what's wrong with yeah. them. Um, you have this cool aqua shuttle, which we've never seen before. Yeah. And I actually wrote in my notes, oh my god, they have an Aqua Shuttle before they said Aqua Shuttle. Really? And so when they said Aqua Shuttle in the episode, I was so I proud imagine. of myself. Um, yeah, it just it there's so much going on in this episode that it feels almost, you know, sort of just waste. Pick a conflict and stick with it. Yeah, pick a conflict and stick with it. And also it, it just feels like you're wasting a golden opportunity by by showing, you know, two and three minutes of a monster fighting. It's like, yeah. we don't need to see this in this episode to make it interesting.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, the conflict, the main conflict is that you have this old, uh, the society which is terrified basically because they have been attacked, you know, so much in the past and they have essentially genetically modified themselves in order to live underwater. And so the elder, older generation has this fear of the sky people, they call them the land people, um, you know, of, of air breathers and, you know, the, the, they're saying, you know, we need to stick away from them, you know, and that's fine. And then you have the younger generation saying there, there's much that we can learn from them, and they're not even, you know, coming for war. They are just they, two guys who had really terrible luck, you know. Um, and I like that they had this conflict, and I like how both of, neither of them are necessarily wrong and how at the end, they make it clear that they need to work together as to, you know, maybe they need to be two separate societies, but they can be separate societies which work together. And I liked that. But I thought we were going to meet the air people at one point, the land people. But no, I didn't. think the
1: implication there was that they were all dead. Yeah, but I think like that was, was that was and I think it's a little unclear in the episode. I think yeah. what the implication there was that. The the everyone was it's not that they used to be the land people, but that the land people genetically modified themselves to become the mer people, and so the young people were the ones that decided to go back and live on land because they were more adaptable.
0: You know, there is a a part of my problem is, and as I'm
1: saying this, it sounds ridiculous.
0: There there's a subplot in the game, The Longest Journey, that's essentially this. So I am getting con- the plot points of this episode confused with that. Yeah, I,
1: I think I, th- I think that's what you're doing. I,
0: I I I yeah. And I gen I mean I can't say that I loved this particular episode. So well, it's... well here's
1: here's the thing is that this was written by Margaret Armin, and and this is the last episode that she ever wrote for a Star Trek show. What else is she? Well, done? she wrote okay. So this is what she wrote for Star Trek. She wrote the Gamesters of Triscalon, which was okay. not a great episode. She wrote the. It Par- is a
0: classic in its own way.
1: I guess she wrote the Paradise Syndrome. She wrote the cloud minders, which, Oh, and, she, and she wrote the Lorelai signal. So, uh,
0: so she kind of sucks.
1: I think, well,
0: she, all, I always say, no,
1: I think this all could, of those
0: episodes had really fascinating premises or were based on, had I just don't really, think
1: she's good at exec- execution. That's it. Like, and I think here's the issue with her is that I think this ties back to what you were saying earlier about how this episode would have been better if it was longer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, Gamesters Game of Triscalon, I think, is her is her best episode. Uh, I liked the Paradise Syndrome more than you did, and we both really did not like the Cloud Minders very much. We both liked the Lorelei signal, although it certainly wasn't a classic episode yeah. by any means. Um, we just like it when, when women, you know, kick ass. <laughs> uh, Kids of the 90s. Exactly. Uh, we grew up on Buffy, so there you go. Uh, Courtney um, Love. And Courtney Love, I'm sorry.
0: Pre-clean. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, that... A large problem with Paradise Syndrome and the Cloud Minders and I think to a lesser degree Gamesters of Triscalon, is that there's not enough plot to sustain a 50-minute episode. And yeah. the problem with the Lorelai <laughs> signal and the Ambergris element is that there's too much plot for a 23-minute episode. And so I feel like... She's not good at writing fifty minute episodes. And yeah, she's she not good at writing half hours. Like she
0: she either needs to be more detailed or more fish or more compact. And you know I mean in general, either is I just
1: I just think that she I I get the sense that as a TV writer, she just Her pacing's not she doesn't seem good at pacing and she yes. doesn't seem good at fitting into a s like a, a good Like I feel like, you know, all of her episodes if you had expanded them out, like maybe there was like 35 or 40 minutes of real like, – if, if this episode had been 40 minutes or 35 minutes without commercials, yeah. like all of them, maybe they would have been really good episodes. I don't know.
0: Uh, you know, if she – yeah, maybe it would have been helpful if she would just been paired with someone who – because, again, all of her premises are really interesting. The game series of Triscolod is that image of the brains in the – you know, we're betting on that. That's – I say it's a classic episode, but that's a classic moment more, you know. A lot of people know that. Um, Lorelei Syndrome had a good premise. This does have a very interesting premise. Uh, Paradise Syndrome as well. Uh, if she had come up with the story of that and then somebody would fit that into a better structure, that then maybe we would have had some classic episodes from her.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing about this episode is— I don't know how Trek it is, and I don't want to get into like a discussion about some sort of platonic mm. ideal of what Trek is that doesn't really exist, but they're basically violating the Prime Directive like crazy in this episode, and no one even mentions it.
0: You know, that's... Such...
1: And I found that to be a weakness of the episode, because... You know, yes, they're not... They didn't know that the Aquans existed. Mm. They thought the planet was uninhabited. But when they find out that it is inhabited and they have been turned into people, I think the appropriate course of action would have been for them to live as people. if you were not going to violate the Prime Directive. Now, of course... Kirk
0: would violate the
1: Prime Kirk Directive. Kirk would violate yeah. the Prime Directive, but... There, there, Spock should have at least was said something. Li- yeah,
0: they could have made a line about violating that, you know, and, you know, ca- Captain, is it right that we, you know, have caused this change in society? And he could say a simple, you know, the, the time is ready for them to change, you know we didn't make the decision for them to go on. You know, you could have, they could have half-assed.
1: Again, cut a minute of a monster fight and just put Spock in there and Kirk having, having a discussion about that. And I think, you know, if there's one thing that I, I don't like about the animated series is that we do lose a lot of the discussion between the characters. They're not really having, they're having discussions specifically that move the plot forward. And they're not really having discussions outside of that. And, of course, that a lot of that has to do with the running time, but it's, I think, a failing in the episode. It, it makes Spock it, it seem out of character a little bit, and it makes Spock seem, uh, you know, like less of Spock in this episode.
0: It's, again, as I've said, this is one of the—I the, can picture—give give me an animated series of Star Trek that comes out now when animation for adults is acceptable— When it would, you would be able to find somebody who would give it the proper budget and the proper look, Um, and I can see it being very well done. I think just at the time, in the they weren't sure who they were making this for, and so therefore, do we have these philosophical conversations of Trek, or do we have monsters? You know, is this for? older Trek fans who, you know, this is what they got and, you know, anyway, so we'll put some cool planets on there or is this for little kids who want to see the adventures of Captain Kirk every week? It really still cannot decide that.
1: Yeah. And I'm starting to get the sense that it never really does. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, at this point, we're 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 more than I think we're more than halfway through. And uh, yeah, it just doesn't doesn't seem like it really knows what it's doing.
0: If they had made this episode to be just okay, it's totally going to be about monsters and these fish people and cool, you know, and underwater and, you know, figure it out. That would have been one thing if it's we making this about the conflict between the old and the young and, you know, whether it's right to change or whether we should follow tradition, you know, even if it's not relevant, if they'd gone wholehearted with that and made that, you know, more for, you know, older kids and for adults, that would have been interesting. But they try and have both and they end up having neither.
1: Yeah, it's really that everything gets short shrift in this episode. Yeah. Nothing really gets expanded out as much as it should. Um, I mean, even to the point where the very beginning of the episode goes by in the blink of an eye and Scotty, Scotty says that they had been gone for five days and you're like, what? Yeah. I mean, that was, there was no sense of time passing at all. And, you know, I think that's a failing in the episode because we should have at least seen a scene of them trying to find them. I mean, that would have been interesting. I think,
0: you know what it would have been. I mean, maybe they could have even started it with them looking for Kirk and Spock and, you know, just have a, this is Scotty, you know, we've, they've been missing for five days on this planet. We're trying to survey it, you know, and then they cut to the away team finding them. Yeah, I mean, that cuts away the first five minutes of the episode and puts you right in the mystery. What happened to them? How did they change, you know?
1: Did you find it out of character or did you have a problem at all with the fact that Dr. McCoy basically examined them, said, I can't do anything and then... Throw up his hands. That that didn't really seem appropriate to his character.
0: You know, he freaks out about odds, but as he's doing stuff usually. Like he doesn't complain as much as like Scotty does, but you know, McCoy has never made it secret way like when Spock is faced with impossible odds, he doesn't really say much about that. He'll t- talk out some numbers. You know, Kirk ignores that and says, Well, how do I you know McCoy will bitch a little bit, but he will still do his work, and he will, you know, cobble stuff together. And at the end, when they make the antidote, he's like, I don't know if this is going to work, you know, I haven't had time to test it. Like, that's done all the time, and that's every Star Trek episode that McCoy does something. Yeah, for him to just give up completely is... Not as, yeah, a, a little bit.
1: I mean, I think a lot of that just had to do with the fact that, that said, yeah. they needed that to happen because they, they more wanted to spend time underwater because they couldn't do that in the live action show.
0: And also put it this, you know, McCoy has dealt with bizarre diseases all the time. He is dealing with, you know, biomodifications to a level that he probably can't even fathom at this point. You know, putting gills onto a person is probably is something that I don't get the sense it's ever been done in the Federation.
1: Yeah, that could be. You I mean, know. at the same time though, he has shown himself to be a very innovative doctor and, you know, I'm not really buying that he would just stop experimenting and stop trying yeah. to cure it. You know, I it, it, He's basically enough. Nope, you got to find your own solution. So go down to the planet. And if you find one, I'll help you like uh, that, you know, and it's like, and I don't know the end, the solution is sort of weird. Cause it's like, they have to take venom from the, from the snake thing. And, and
0: that's just to tie the monster into the plot,
1: really. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that is—it it is at least integrated into the plot in that respect, but—
0: It could have been something—and and that could have been a moment where they needed to ask the elders for the element. If they had wanted to go the philosophical route, Right, they could have had to ask the elders for the element, you know, and then you have Kirk having to convince them, and then you have that— elo- and then you can get a great eloquent Kirk speech about moving on and the, you know— Need to keep tradition while still keeping it vibrant, and you know, tradition without innovation is a stagnant society. And I can break the prime directive because you are a stagnant society underwater. Like that could have been a thing, but they have this monster, and they need to do something with them.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. The other thing I have uh, about this episode, and and before we wrap up, is. I'm a little unclear as to why the Aquans could walk on land.
0: Uh, Because they have legs.
1: Yeah, but why? Like, I guess we don't...
0: Because they need to put one front... Because how else would they walk on land if they didn't have legs? I
1: guess we don't (laughs) know how long it's been since this happened, but I get the sense that it's been quite... Because the thing about the episode is that they're having all these geological upheavals, and they used to live on land, um, and then the geological upheavals buried all the land, which, all right, whatever, and now it's mostly a planet of of, of oceans. Um, So they went and lived, you know, under the ocean, uh, they do say that it's been long enough that these genetic modifications that they made to themselves have become part of their gene pool.
0: Wait, was that this episode or was that the shrinking episode?
1: No, that was this episode. Because I
0: think they had a similar conversation in the shrinking episode. They did, yeah. <laughs>
1: no, they did. In the Territon yeah. incident, the the the, okay, shri- yeah. the shrinking had become part of their DNA as well.
0: Yeah. So okay, so it's the same basic. It's the same
1: basic thing. Um, we aren't planning this, folks. <laughs> these are just coming together like this. Just like last week, we had "Once Upon a Planet" and "Mud's Passion," which were two kind of sequels. shitty episodes. Yeah, now we're having this happen. Um, this two episode format works. Hey, uh, now
0: that sounds like we just denied se- we're you know denying it because we're that clever and we no we really did not plan that. No,
1: we didn't at all. Um, we're not that smart, honestly. Uh, we totally planned it. <laughs> You know, it just, it, 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 it's, you know, I have a very cursory understanding of how evolution works, but if it's been long enough that these physical, like, modifications to themselves, these mutations that they caused with this thing that they made, had become part of their genetic makeup, um, I think that it would have also been long enough for natural selection to take its course and to uh, uh, favor the offspring of these uh, aquins that could swim better. And after a while, they wouldn't have legs anymore. Well, so it it made no sense to me that they were basically bipedal like that. I don't know. It just, I didn't, it didn't gel for me.
0: You know, I, I don't necessarily know. I mean, think of like frogs. They are kind of like frogmen in a way, like they're they're very creature
1: from the black lagoon
0: looking to me, but they
1: can't breathe on land though.
0: Um, well, I mean, they do show them like the, 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 the younger woman does go on land for a few minutes. Um, you know, certain animals which do have gills are able to breathe outside of water for limited periods of time. They need to keep the gills moist. they need to you know do certain things like that. But and, you know like fish don't have this, but I can assume that you know if you know if there is a way for this these people to figure out how to breathe for limited amounts of times, if it's just splashing water on their necks, they do it, you know. It, it would be an advantage to be able to go above ground for limited periods of time. Just to, is, it's an advantage for, you know, a soldier on Earth in this day to be able to go underwater.
1: But we don't have gills.
0: No. We have lungs. Okay, then. Um, I don't understand why they looked at this guy with lungs and said, we well, need to fix him. Let's put gills on him. But he's a land breather, and we don't want him around. Like, that,
1: Yeah, uh... you know... I mean, the more we talk about this episode, the less I like it. Yeah. I think it's one of those.
0: I'm giving this episode three bubbles.
1: I will give it four bubbles. Wow. Mostly because I fucking love the Aqua Shuttle.
0: And, and, you know, you were allowed to like Aqua Shuttle.
1: And before we wrap up, uh, I did like the little nod to continuity where Scotty was going underwater wearing the life support belt.
0: Oh, yeah. That gold, like... I just thought that was kind of cool. Yeah.
1: Like, at least the show has a sense of its own continuity yeah. in some small respect. So next week, we're going to talk about the slaver weapon and Eye of the Beholder.
0: Oh, I played that game. It was really creepy where, like, it's Dungeons and Dragons and, like, you have to go to, like, the dungeon. And no, the Beholder.
1: this is, this is an episode of the animated series Star Trek.
0: Oh, yeah, where, like, they have the bandages and they take them off and she's really ugly, but that's pretty.
1: We'll talk to you then.